Hello, my name is Peter Barron, and on behalf of Saras Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk, I'd like to welcome you to the Lost Property Office, the podcast that discusses the lost and the found and the not very profound. We all lose stuff, and not all losing is bad. Losing your fear, losing your inhibitions can all be good things. Equally, finding a sense of responsibility and finding your 41 morning with nothing to show for it, well, who'd want to find that? So my guest today has both lost and found items, and even so, done so today, because this is not just a fake lost property office, this is a real university lost and found. I've invited my guests to have a rummage downstairs to see what they can find. So welcome to this week's intrepid lost propertyer, Francis O'Shaughnessy. Hello. Um, so you've been downstairs, you've seen uh, the burgeoning room full of tats. Yeah, it's very impressive. How would, how would you describe it at the moment? Well, it's fairly full, it's full of, um, well, I was going to say guff, but you know, <laughs> it means something to someone, but it's, uh, yeah, I was just expecting a box, to be honest with you, I didn't expect an entire room. Yeah. And it, it was, it wasn't um, kept in the, um, it wasn't kept in the best of order, so it was quite difficult to rummage through, but. The problem is, well, the problem is, is the rummaging, when people have lost stuff, they come in, and even though I tell them that if you lost it yesterday, it'll be on top. Yeah. They believe it'll be on top. Oh, there awesome. is a system. Well, <laughs> as much as you can have a system in some of that, and because the moment, moment they actually get their hands on it, it suddenly just gets delved in, gets so, mixed up. Uh, so I imagine the student body is fully, fully aware of the fact that if you've lost it more than 10 days ago, it's gone pretty much. Isn't it? It'll be there. Um, it just might be at the bottom. I mean, I got one today that someone came in and they'd lost their Oyster card and it was still on my desk. So on the day, that's the best way of doing it. Had you been using it, Peter? I would never, never do such a thing. I only make sure I use the ones which aren't registered and clearly marked so. It's not a bad system, though, because I suppose you have to do a sort of cost-benefit analysis. If mm. you've lost something, I don't know, a bobble hat that your grand gave you, and it's not of massive sentimental value, then you sort of think, well, there you go, it's in, you know, it's in the lap of the gods, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, we, 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 there's, a, there's been a poor um, Japanese girl who's been popping in and out over the last week who clearly has even never lost anything before in her life yes but she's she, she's lost a bag and every day she comes in who found my bags and was, so bags. is it just the influence of being in the uk that's done this to I mean, quite possibly or being around must be mortified. indeed no I mean, and you know we, we do have a list as well so if people mm. put their names down and something's leapt out of them and um oh so you yeah. do an inventory as it goes as it goes into the room we don't have an inventory of what goes in we have an inventory of people who are looking for things oh, i see and if something obvious leaps out but yeah when someone writes down oyster card mm. so a blue rectangle of card that's got no markings on it for you at all yeah not easy. Yes. But, um, I'm assuming oysters do have photos on. Anyway, I digress um, massively. I want to talk about things that you've lost mm. in your life. Um, what What have you lost that would say? Oh, well, what What notable item? Um, I've been thinking about this for a little while, and I said, I mean, I lose stuff pretty regularly. I'm not as bad as I used to be, mm. but I suppose, like as with all as with all elements in your life, it's things that happen to you when you're quite small that are the most significant. Yeah. And I buried the memory quite well. I think I was I was coping quite well with life. But um, after you asked me, it sort of prompted me to go for you know a bit of soul searching. And I remember when I was a child. Uh, this is I should explain to people from under the age of forty. That's you as well, Pete. Just for the just moment, for two weeks. And yeah. um, that before the internet, when there wasn't much entertainment for children, the, about the best you could do for your your parents would say to you, "I'm going to post a letter. Do you want to come along?" Mm. And we were, you'd be beside yourself with joy. I think, yeah, okay, can I actually physically put the, you know, put, put the envelope into the post box? Go, yeah, you know. You still, you, weird thing is you still see this these days with, with kids and, and Pelican Crossing. Pressing buttons. They love, uh, yeah. even though they've got like iPads at home, yes. still the physicality of pressing yeah, the Pelican fr- Crossing buttons. 3D telly, <laughs> I get it. So, yeah. um, so my mum invited me down. Once one summer evening, it was much like this one, it was a lovely evening. She said, we're going to pop down to the sort of Walthamstow High Street and then we'll post a letter. So I was like, yeah, fine. So, um, obviously it was a, you know, it's about a five minute walk. So, I had to bring some toys along. I bought. I was. Um, I had a bow and arrow set at the time, mm. which again was uh, quite a prevalent toy, certainly for you know for young boys. 
And um, no one ever bad an eyelid in those days. You no. give a child a bow and arrow. I mean, an actual bow and arrow. They weren't particularly sharp arrows, but nonetheless, you can do some damage. And uh, we wandered down to the post office. Uh, Mum was holding the envelope, um, got in front of the post box. She handed it to me and I posted it and we just made our way home. Excellent. Yeah. And then when I got home, I realised um, I was minus an arrow. There was only one arrow with the set. It was a budget <laughs> set. So I just had a, I just had a bow. And um, then my dad, being, you know, sort of a, quite a methodical man, just sort of said, well, we'll go, we'll retrace the journey and we'll find out what's happened here in all probability. And he said, you've posted it, haven't you? I yeah. said, yeah, pretty much. And um, I couldn't, you know, obviously pointless trying to get my little arm back in to get it out. And um, I was left with a bow. Um, I was absolutely mortified. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? When you're a child, you lose it. Because you, you get this sense of, uh, I think I said this on the, on the show when I, I interviewed myself on this one, you, you, you get introduced to the sense of mortality via losing things. You'll never have it again. Yeah, it's the fate complete thing. And to be honest with you, that, is, that's, that really is the point. I've always had that with me. Um, I've always tried to avoid circumstances in life where, you know, you have to make a, you have to make a decision right now, mm. come off the hour, come off the man, and it can never be undone, my friend. Yeah. How do you like that? I absolutely loathe them. I don't mind admitting it. You know, it's not very manly, but there it is. <laughs> no, I think a lot of people have that. I mean, it's like, I see people who are crippled by choice constantly. Yes. And, you know, just, just give me what I'm supposed to be doing and I will do that. Yeah, I, I think everyone likes a bit of direction in life. Certainly I do. And we all like to lie to ourselves that we don't. It's, oh, just, yeah. it's just this sort of new right clamouring for choice, which I loathe. But um, And I think it was, you know, it was a hybrid of my own, the loss of the item, which was significant. I just had a bow left, which is um, practically useless. And you, can, you, can, you can fashion your own arrows, surely, a bit um, of whittling and... I wasn't that kind of child. It's just like, you know, if it had been pencils? bought... You know, sort of shop-bought buttons. I didn't, I didn't like making stuff. I want, right. you know... I mean, it didn't even occur to me to try, to be honest. <laughs> I was so mortified by the loss. And, um, I mean, a bow on its own, with the best one in the world, it can start a small fire if you mind it to, but that's no, about it. didn't sound like you were that kind of kid either. No, though. it wasn't. And so, I don't know what happened to it. I think it just, you know, I lost the world to go on with it, and I just, I, I left it, and it deteriorated down to nothing. It's interesting, actually, you talk about the, um, when you were a kid, um, this being, you know, a relatively prevalent toy. Um, I went to see the... Uh, the new Lone Ranger film a few weeks ago. Oh, is it as good as everyone says? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, exactly that good. Uh, I saw it in IMAX, which made it even bigger, um, <laughs> but not any better. Um, but it, it did strike me, as you know, I had a, um, a, a sort of Alamo-esque cowboy fort with uh, mm. Native Americans, which weren't called that then, and yes. uh, sins. And the, and the weird, thing, weird thing about it is that it, it, that's something that's now died. You know, yeah, you give kids that these days, and they would yeah, wonder you'd be why. Up. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. What, what? Why do you want to, you know, live through this particularly nasty period of U.S. history with us? And never forget, obviously, but uh, yeah, never do it for enjoyment either. Perhaps there was something, is, something of the not forgetting element about about yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. well, I agree. I had an entire arsenal. Yeah, I had. A, I, I just thinking back, actually, was sort of filling in the gaps. I had um, a strange little sort of plastic semi-automatic firearm. Which mm. You held it in one hand. Uh, a bit like a sort of a sub Uzi, really. It had a magazine which you could um, remove and put back in, and um, that was, you know, uh, well, this will be around the bush. But it was a fairly violent. It toy. is a pretty, pretty violent toy. And then my, my nan also bought me one year for Christmas uh, a game which involved a rifle, some bullets, and a little um, clockwork rabbit. And you set the rabbit going, and then you should take. <laughs> I should stand in the corner of the kitchen, and take pot shots at it. She's much to everyone's amusement. Oh, that's lovely. I mean, yeah, I was thinking about that. The, the, you've got that, and the other area, of course, is sort of when we were kids as well. It was still, you know, World War Two was still within living Huge memory, yeah. and so you know, your army men, all yeah. that kind of. 
stuff, all the kids' comics mm. were all about, you know, the, the killing the rat seas and so uh, on. Uh, Union Jack Jackson, was that one? Or yeah, that was, that yeah no, I think that, that, that was a real one. Almost certainly, It yeah. sounds implausible now, even to my age. <laughs> yeah, but... There were all sorts of much worse as well, you know, the, 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 the kid with one leg, but they just put a machine gun in there instead and he went out to battle the Nazis <laughs> in a haunted tank or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, um, and that's gone. It's all space now. It's all space. And, yeah, and but the thing is, I mean, you think, think back now, and I suppose we'll all try to justify the adults we've turned into mm. by blaming it on our parents and Absolutely. our childhood. But I don't suppose we're a, a, an overly violent generation, are we? I mean, I don't feel like I am. Particularly. No, I, I, so I suppose there is an argument for getting out of your system nice and young. But, yeah, yeah. But the, it, the gender roles were fairly well defined as well. I don't remember my sisters getting any firearms. Mm. It was mostly pots and pans. <laughs> yes, indeed. That said, though, they often did employ them to a hit me with them so yeah true so the violence was insipid it, it didn't require a toy and actually i think I, I don't very i very rarely remember any violent situation i was in as a child no i was in a number yeah where i ever used any of these items for violence no and again there may, maybe there's an argument for saying that um you know it's it was uh, you know mutual assured destruction of the playground and we you know i you know i'm not a violent person mm. i'm fairly sure you're not i've known you for a number of years yeah but um it's just the iconography of violence was all around yeah. us. And perhaps it was, you know, this did come to its apotheosis because, as, as, you know, I grew up in London, as you did. And that used to, when you got to a certain age, you were allowed to have day trips to France. <laughs> so, of course, what everyone did was, all the, all the boys did, of course, I can't speak for womankind here, is go to France on a ferry, come back with flick knives and knuckle dusters. Yeah. I mean, literally. It's, it's exactly a what you bag brought full back, of flick yeah. knives and knuckle dusters. And then you sell them to people who didn't, weren't lucky enough to go, or the young kids in the young year. But I remember my friends and I had enough about us. We were, we were just standing around and trying on these knuckle dusters in a friend's bedroom going, you just cave someone's head in if you yeah. try anything with this. It's like, no. Really hard to get a fit on knuckle dusters as well. They are. They're yeah, huge. Like... You know, the French have massive fingers. And the big mistake I made as well is I used the English uh, measuring style as opposed to the French. Oh, European you got a metric duster, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, metric knuckle duster. I don't, you know, they don't have and, metric uh, fingers. They won't take them back. No, once no, you, they won't. Once you try them on, that's it. It's yours, my friend. You try to menace them with them as well, and they yeah. just got bigger and but, better. And it, it did occur to us, even at that tender age, that, it, you know, it really, if, even if you give someone a slap with his knuckle duster on, oh. his head's going to cave in like an Easter egg, pretty much. And, you know, it's a fun, you know, sort of smashing an Easter egg with your fist, but... Not nice. Come on, kids. Not nice. You know. Oh, but we're talking about that then. So what have you found in the streets? Um, or... Uh, not actually not actually in the street, in the Hackney Empire, actually, but that's okay, fairly close. That's pretty good. Um, my wife and I were at some sort of... I can't even remember what it was, to be honest. You know, it was just, you know... Some do. It was some feeble stand-up comedy, or it was Billy Bragg. Right. Um, I've seen Billy Bragg about six million times. Yeah, yeah. And um, we're having a nice evening, and then it was the interval, so we, you know, we rushed headlong to the bar. And then we were standing there outside, just having a, having a swift half, and um, looked around, and there was this um, tiny toy monkey okay. that was sat on the back of the last row before the bar, um, and it's just staring at us. It just, it just happened to be exactly where we just alighted just to, you know, have a drink. And um, I can't really explain it to you. It's um, a little toy monkey with sort of um, a tiny body. I mean, it's only about three inches tall, this right. thing. And it's got very intense stare, though. Very mm. compelling, very cogent stare. Got you. It hooks you into its ambit. And, and it, it was almost like that, you know, that thing where you know someone's staring at you. Because we were just, you know, sort of standing there chatting. And thought, what? Yeah. And look round at the same time. And there he was. And... Um, the best way I can describe it to you is it's almost like that, you know, sort of in Lassie, do you think he wants us to follow him? Thing. It's like, mm. you know, he's willing us to take him home. So we had a quick look round, and I said, you know, I take it it's not yours, says my wife, and I knew it wasn't mine. Yeah. And, um, you know, we left it a dignified amount of time. So if someone had lost it, they, you know, come back and claim him. And then I stuck him in my pocket and took him home. I've oh. had him ever since. And he's sitting there. Did you, did you name him? 
Uh, not at all. No, I'm, I'm not completely mad. But, uh, but I, <laughs> just checking. You know. It was just it was an object that spoke to us, and mm. I think that's the thing about object trouve, if you like. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, otherwise you completely tip over into hoarding and just fill your house with absolute garbage. Which, I mean, there is a sum of that work yeah. in my house, I have to say. But this, uh, if the house were burning down, the old cliche burning down house. Um, I would rush in for that monkey to try and fetch him out. I mean, I, you know, I would, I would risk life and limb to try and get out. I have no children, by the way, no. as any listeners are wondering. But the, the, um, I mean, is there ever a moment when you come back in the next morning and he doesn't appear to be in the place you left him? He's always in the same spot. There okay. was, a, there was a period for the first six months or so when he just, you know, he ran right around the house and wherever he was, he was. And there were a couple of hairy moments when I thought he was gone. But again, you know. Given the way we found him, it's like cats, isn't it? You yeah. know, if you find a cat in the street and he, you know, he comes to live with you for a while, fine. But if he decides he's off, you know, and he sticks the old oh, polka dot down to the, him, yeah. you know, on the broom handle and he's gone, then you know, you, you're short of you know, sort of um, tying the cat down, which I wouldn't advise anyone to do. Would uh, you say in any way? I mean, because it's got quite intense staring eyes, this monkey. Yes. But is it in any other way creepy? No, it's not creepy at all. They're benevolent. They're just okay. compelling. Because I was just about, I was about to say because obviously recently with the conjuring but it's it's a staple in of the horror movie yeah is the is the, the, is the, the toys and the you know uh, the, the chucky films of yes, course yeah, as well yeah which i wouldn't necessarily recommend to anyone but um have their moments of of, of gore but he doesn't have does he have no, the right kind of hands to hold a just carving li- knife of any form no 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 not not very you know i think that's probably why i like him so much he's not very human in form he's just mm-hmm. uh you know a very stylized a very very small quite benign monkey and um he just sits there on the bedside cabinet, and that's it. That's it. That's his lot in life. I think. He's, I think he's had his enjoyment. Well, that seems like a pretty, a, a, a pretty good life for him, though. You know, he's he's loved now, and he's sitting there. Yes, and I, part I, of a family. And I do appreciate it. It's not not very Buddhist to you know invest all this you know sort of emotional energy in an inanimate object, but um, you know, well, it keeps me off the streets. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, so, first item that you found downstairs uh, yes. will be the music. Let's get a bit of music. Out. Oh, we get out of the way, shall we? So, yeah. um, there was only one album down there. Yeah. So, which is quite um, unusual to even get albums. Yeah, so. it's, it's vinyl, I should say. Yeah. So, it's a, a lovely um, object to look and pick up. But um, and I, and my heart, you know, sank when Peter. There's only one album, and it's over there on top of the pile. So, I reached over for it, and um, but luckily, it's Steely Dan. You know, you know, sort of. Well, I suppose you make your own luck in life, don't you? But, I mean, <laughs> Indeed, yeah. yeah. But the thing that's still down is, um, you know, I suppose it's one for the... Uh, is it one for the Musos? A little bit. Now, is, I know plenty yeah. of people who like, like a bit of, bit of Steely Dan. And, uh, and they, they do polarise opinion. I think it's... I can't, be doing, I can't be doing a new Steely Dan. No. You know, it's, it's, to me, Steely Dan is just the old stuff. And I, you know, I didn't get into Steely Dan until my mid-20s. Yes. Um, and there are quite a few gateway drugs until you get onto... This, which is a, a later album, um, and I, I noticed you seem reticent, as I would be, to name the album. Because yes. I've never known how to pronounce <laughs> well, the name I was, was going to ask you, but you're the DJ. So it is, well, I, I believe it's it's pronounced Asia. Right. Um, as, a, as some kind of Asia-ish thing, but um, it's about AJA, Adja. Yeah. Um, the middle bit of Kajagoogoo. Um, but that's not <laughs> what that I'm comes sure from. they'd love to be remembered. Yeah, that's how you remember the the middle part of Gadjagugu. Slip out the uh, slip out the the disc for me, and you can maybe uh, give us a little bit of writing from inside as I put any track you'd like to hear first. Uh, I'd like to hear Peg, yeah, that, which is the it. first track on side two, which is a Steve Dan classic. I think I, I Steve Dan a funny band. Aren't they? I think I said to my cousin once, who was a bit you know undecided about them. They're a bit like um, shellfish. When they're good, they're good. But when they're bad, you know you. you you're, you're stuck with them for a while. You will, yeah. You, you'll struggle to keep down solids for 48 hours. But. So, um, OK, well, I'll, I'll put this on and um, we may return to the copious line of notes later. But um, let's start with... 
listen to that vinyl. Okay, let's just listen to Peg.
That's Steely Dan with Peg. You're listening to the cool sounds of Soas Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk. That's marvellous. I've right? always wanted to do something like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> if you've got a radio station to play with, then frankly, you know. And uh, if anyone's just heard that for the first time, I mean, you're One Direction, yes, of course. But I mean, that's best, special. Best song ever. Oh, it's yeah. superb. I wonder what it's about. <laughs> yes, indeed, yeah. Um, well, 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 we'll revisit the Dan in a bit. Um, but before then, I want to know about a time when you've been lost. Oh, when, have I been, when haven't I been lost, Peter? Okay. Um, I've got the world's worst sense of direction i'm never never quite sure where i'm at any given moment to be honest and um it's always uh, it's always been this way and i suspect it always will i mean i do have you know i'm quite an optimistic person <laughs> by nature I, I think i can overcome it if i revise hard enough well, you made it this far so i did nearly get, i did actually did get lost on the way up i <laughs> uh, i used to work in russell square for uh, quite a few years and should know the journey reasonably well but i ended up in um Where's the square that the theatre is in? It's just over the over the way. Oh, well, Tavistock Square with Bloomsbury yeah. Theatre. Yeah, oh, Gordon Square. Yes, Gordon Square. I ended yes. up in I ended up there, and um, for my it's changed over the years, isn't it? And <laughs> I just went round once for I'm in the wrong place. That'll yeah. be it. And um, so I've got a really really shoddy sense of uh, <laughs> sense of direction. And uh, luckily for me, my, I mean, you know, my wife Claire, yeah. and she, you know, she's great at this stuff, reading maps, all the rest of it. But um, so I get lost constantly, and always have done. Again, as a child. Um, I used to spend a lot of time up in the West End, particularly at HMV in mm. Oxford Street. And the number of times I would go into HMV, um, browse around for about an hour or so, pick up a few bits, walk out, and then just turn completely the wrong direction. Wrong and th- thinking I was heading back to Tottenham Court Road, and then end up an hour later, sort of you know, west of Bond Street. Oh, look, there's another HMV. Oh, yeah. dear, yes. And I, I suppose it's, I mean, people keep saying to me, it's a, it's a matter of concentration. I suppose there is a degree of that in it, because I, I tend not to, I tend to drift off rather. Mm. But then... I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll try and do something about it. So I have tried, but I think there's a certain amount of, as with all things, I suppose, you have a certain amount of skill you're born with. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I don't get lost at all, and I do. No, you're is, very good at this stuff. There is, there is, there is a sense. Can that, you empathise with me though? Or no, you just, not really. No, no, no. I, I, I lord over you. It's slightly different. Um, I mean, for me, it's that I always, you know, the moment if, if I come out of a tube, the worst thing is actually is being in a, in a foreign city, um, which I've never been to before, and coming out of an underground line. So the one thing I had originally was I knew what direction I was going in when I went underground. Yes. And I kind of n- always know where north is. And if you go underground, you come out, you don't. And that's where you can make that. And because I won't look at maps that much. Why, will... why is that, though? Why the maps? That's failure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. yes. See, um, again, was that, that male side I mean, thing. I might study it beforehand. I mean, yes. what, what I might do is I might look at a map before I go somewhere and go, that's where I've got to go. And I'll yes. try to remember it. And so... If something has thrown me, so if I know where I started, I know what direction I'm going in, I should be fine. Mm. But if I don't know what, what direction it is, or that terrible thing when streets don't have their names on them, yes. you know, I do not want to go where the streets have no names because <laughs> it is so much harder to find, to find places. And if, I mean, if, and if you did get lost, let's face it, would you admit it to yourself and would you ask someone? I, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. In the end. In the end. I mean, I would... Well, it's either that or starve, I suppose. Yeah, I would do my best to try and find my way to something I knew first. So I would... From first principle or using the stars or... From first principles probably. I would back, take, a, take a guess. I mean, I've certainly been in a situation where I've backtracked via um, crossing the road and walking down the other side oh, of the street the, the old, to uh, make it look like I'm walking in a different way. Yeah. The old string of pomegranates seeds yeah or, or getting somewhere making some sort of ah, damn sort of face as if to say i left something back there so now i've got a reason to turn around so so yeah so basically you, your self-esteem is pretty much a lie to how how well or badly you're doing at map reading yeah which is pretty poor really, it is pretty, it's, it's, again yeah, a, a, a strangely male thing this i yeah, think women yeah. don't seem to have this problem at all and I, I make no bones about it i mean i get lost all the time and 
the first thing I'll do is, I mean, if I want to get past the, the end of my garden, I'm, if, you know, I'll bump into the first strike child. Where am and I I'll, going? Yeah, I just ask, where am I, you know, yeah. where, where am I going? And the worst thing is, I think I have some sort of, you know, um, space-time blindness because, again, I, I can be um, outside my own front door and someone will ask me where, you know, the next the house across the street mm-hmm. is and I'll just, I'll be lost. I mean... I just get a blizzard of images in my mind's eye, and that's it. I can't, it's yeah. like I can't help you. Do you, yeah, you're at least honest on that one, because again, if someone says, someone stops me in the street and says, How do I get to this place? and I don't know where that place is, you my, just make stuff my up. instinctive reaction is to make, make it's that way. I'm With a vague fairly, idea, they might go past the police station. I'm fairly sure people have done that to me any number of times over mm. the years, and you can always tell. Yeah. They just they betray themselves. It's not, they're, not, they're sticking, you know, well, they sometimes stick their tongues out the sides of their mouths <laughs> when they're doing it, but. There's always you can you can sense yeah. deceit. I suppose that's the, perhaps that's a quid pro quo of not being able to know where I'm going. You I can tell I, when they're lying. I, to I, you. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, well, now we're going to talk about some of the items you found downstairs. Yes. Um, you've even got you've got you've bought two items up. Um, yeah. Uh, which one would you rather go for? Um, I was, I was going to pick up a book, but the books were, as you said yourself, reasonably dry, mostly textbooks, I swear, mm. unsurprisingly. And I found a small notebook. It's, um, I don't do colour very well. Colour is green. It is green. It's yeah. green, is it? I would have said beige. I would say most colours are beige. It's a little, um, journal, really, that someone's filled in whilst, um, abroad earlier in the year. And it's written in a, it's written in a lovely, restful, um, hand, a real, um, not classic copper plate handwriting, mm. but it's really legible. Which um, again, I always adore. You know, sort of legible handwriting. Mine's dreadful, so um, I, I, I saw this and thought, well, there you go, and, and I can read the words. So, and it's um, it starts off in France, really. So that just you know sort of piqued my interest. And, Do you want to read 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 a small excerpt? Um, well, it starts off um, day two here, Marseille. This is and first full day, and it's already like I've been here for weeks. And then um, the person in question goes in search of an African market. I've walked for miles, and now it's getting hot, so I've stopped for tea. And um, I don't want to betray any massive confidences, so I'll just cherry-pick bits as I go along. And it's just a straightforward journal, and um, it's such a personal, such a, you know, and, and nicely rendered uh, piece of prose that I'm surprised the person didn't, you know, think mm. to come back and claim it. I mean, I think that's been, I mean, talking about the African market, it's probably one of our students, and yeah. it does seem a bit odd. I mean, it's one of those things that if you lose something that's that personal, do you want to own up to it being yours? I don't think there's anything that actually says whose it is, isn't it? Well, I haven't really covered to cover I've, yet. I've, I've looked at it myself because it's exactly the kind of thing that if I find that, I, I kind of want to reunite it. Yes. I mean, and there, there, is an, there is often someone who writes a journal will occasionally refer to themselves uh, by name or at least put it in the book, but... And there are some, there is some personal stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, um, not embarrassing stuff, but stuff that you wouldn't want blared out on the radio particularly. Which is obviously, it, obviously, yeah, obviously we're, we're I've read doing, and committed yes. to memory. Yeah, is there any, anything that you'd say with a nice bit of colour that you can read out just to give a flavour of the writing? There's, um, again, it's, <laughs> it, it sort of varies in tone between just the very um, sort of a reportage and just describing what's going on around. And then, to the, and then it flits to the quite angry and very personal. There's lots of um, expletives which are written in capitals, rather neat capitals. Um, it's shit for some. <coughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll reverse that. Okay. Um, it's not good, for example, <laughs> uh, in caps. And um, again, there's some uh, you can you can feel the emotion on the page, which mm. is nice. But it's been beautifully rendered. And um, you know, if I were less of a human being, I'd take it home with me and just yeah. type it up. But um, what's the, yeah? What's the, what's the what's the final the final entry or the uh, final piece? Um, is it something that can be uh... something I can't read for the first time? <laughs> who have been my 
main motivation for coming here. Oh, well, perhaps it was the band that opened. Perhaps they've changed. Need to check them out too. No idea who that is, but yeah. still. There's a, at some kind of festival or at some kind of uh, situation, maybe it was Steely Dan. Yeah, perhaps it was, yeah. <laughs> the return. Yeah, quality control was never their strong point. Or, or, or even worse, actually, was Steely Dan. Since we're about to play another track... Um, uh, the track I decided to play, I, I thought I agreed, I'm not, and it's, I'm not going to play it all in full, and we may well talk over it. Is uh, Deacon Blues um, for the very reason that um, as we listen to it, we can see is there anything that would name, make you name your band after them, uh, or for this particular song? Um, so let's see um, exactly what Deacon Blues sounds like. Cause I don't think I've actually heard it as a track. Mm. All I know is it's seven minutes long. So um, I think we may be putting it in one of the uh, areas of, De- of Steely Dan that we're not so sure about. I suspect so. Let's see. How, how do they used to do this in the old days? With Oh, no, I, I do know how this goes. Yes, I have heard this. Admittedly, it starts exactly the same way as Peg in some it ways. It does, yeah. This is the day. I'm not sure I can do seven minutes of this. It's all right. We'll, we'll just talk over it, I think. Um, that shape is That's Donald, I think, singing, or is it Walter Beck? I can't remember. Who does the singing on it? Does it that's, say, um, that's Donald Fagan, I think. That is Donald Fagan. Yeah. Well, I can imagine that maybe if you're in Scotland uh, in the early early 80s. The rain's hosing down outside, yeah. yeah. What, I mean, what are you going to do? You're, you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I can, yeah, this is changing my life and I will name my. I can't help thinking they would have been a better band had they called themselves Peg. Yeah. <laughs> mind you, you got to bear in mind they called the ship Dignity as well, so, you know, it's... I always wonder about, with ambient tracks like this, when someone turns up at rehearsal with his acoustic and says, look, I've got a, I've got a track I've written, I've got to hear it. And they're like to grin of... on everyone's faces as they listen to it. I mean, it's beautifully rendered as all this stuff is, but... Yeah. Yeah, why would you name your band after this? Their entire earth, why this? Uh, yeah, I suppose you can't call a band Ricky Don't Lose That Number, but... Because it's Deacon Blues, not Deacon yes. Blue. Yeah, they slipped um, up there, all right. Yeah, didn't notice that. If you like the song so much, does it? Um, and, and the liner notes, does it mention anything about the individual songs? Um, let's have a look. Yeah, they're all. Um, Is there like a, a story or something? Um, what do we say about Deacon Blues? Um, oh yes, here we go. Um, an Edge City ballad enlivened only by Pete uh, Christlieb's <laughs> haunting tenor work and a tasty chart by Scott. Very of its age, these liner notes. Yes, uh, interesting, quite self-deprecating there. <laughs> Let's have a quick look at that. Oh, this, oh, the, the, the liner notes are written by uh, Steve Diener, uh, the president of ABC Records. Mm. Well, um, oh, when you said Edge Shitty Ballad, I said you, I thought you said an edgy shitty ballad. Um, <laughs> And one might say, is that a fire alarm? 
It is a fire alarm, isn't it? Well, that is probably the end of the show, then, in the short term. Um, uh, here. In which case, I'm going to fade down our voices as we evacuate the building and leave you to listen to the rest of Deacon Blues. Um, well, we're back. Do you want to uh, explain to the listeners what just happened? Yeah, we were broadcasting manfully, as you heard, and then the fire alarm went off, so we were asked to leave the building. Um, so we just uh, popped around the corner for um, a refreshing half. It's more than half, but yes. Yeah, collect, <laughs> we collected our thoughts and we're back. Yeah, so um, I, we may not... Well, I, down to the listener here, I may or may not have left all of you, uh, all of Deacon Blues there, or I may have gone in just to get the sense of the uh, fire alarm and then moved on. Um, we'll play one more track from Stevie Dan's uh, AJA album, um, as we maybe refer to the Black Album. Let's call it yeah, the, Black the, album. the Black Album. But um, as we were away and, and we've come back now, um, you've got another item. Yes, I found this bag. Is it, this is is it green again? 
Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, you do the colour vision better than I do. No, it's yellow, actually, that one. Oh, it's sorry. yellow. It's a big yeah. yellow bag, and it sort of drew my eye to it immediately. It's full of woolens, and it's just someone's lost it and lost the bag. Um, there's a leopard skin print, what have you, in it. I'm not really good at fashion. It's probably a <laughs> scarf of some kind for yeah, a lady. I mean, that's a scarf, yeah. And um, a lot of old ladies' bobble hats. Right, yes. nothing, nothing too exciting just yet, but as I was thumbing through it, I saw it's also... Um, Quite a jazzy pair of shin pads. Oh, um, so it's footballer maybe? Yeah, it's sort of football shin pads, so it's some sort of um, yarn football crossover. Mm. There is a, I mean, I know knitting is dead fashionable these days and some of the more expensive flesh pots of London, but there's a yarn shop open just across the road from us, actually. Oh, right. And I, d- I understand it can go off. Um, you want to pass me a shin pad over? I just yeah. wonder whether these are particularly fitted for ladies, these shin pads. Yeah, they, they are quite small, actually. Yeah, it could be, I mean, it could be one of our, our, our women's team. Yes, um, yes, could well be. Um, I don't know what the bubble hats are for, mind you. Uh, yeah, because these are supposedly large, but for uh, someone between five foot three and five foot eleven. Right. I suppose from a from point of view of a shin pad, that well, you can probably use is for, large. You yeah. use for cricket if you're short, and football yeah. if you're tall. But I mean, I, I don't, how long has this been down there, Pete? This bag, do you know? Not that long. About about um, two or three weeks. It's full of about you know sort of fifty tog hats. So, but it could well have been left somewhere else in the building and then come to us late. Well, someone uh, who feels the cold particularly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, it just intrigued me. So and again, um, shin pads are knitting though. Yeah, what the, I mean, the, the bag itself as well is um, yeah. the, the logo on the bag. It uh, says uh, doggy bag. It says doggy bag. Oh, it's a pedigree chum it's bag. A, it's a it's pedigree a, chum. Bag. I suspect it's a freebie. And and I didn't know the pedigree chum, or I, I don't know if they even use the word chum anymore. I'm wondering whether the chum aspect of it has gone out of fashion. No, the chum would be marketed out of existence. Yeah, so apparently it doesn't play very well with the under-35s. But they have trademarked a uh, phrase under their uh, pedigree logo. We're for dogs. We're for dogs. Yeah, it just trips off the tongue something lovely, doesn't it? It's almost as if to say, oh, oh I really fancy... Oh, it's for dogs. But, I um, really like a cat you know, of pedigree. But if I were looking at the numbers, I, if I went in there as the new MD, this is a long shot, I grant you, yeah. but if I'd be saying that, I want to see what our numbers are looking like for the you know over-50s. Yeah. Because I, I think we've thrown the baby out with the chum bath water. Yes, indeed, yeah. I mean, if people can't get the chum... Yeah. Then, I mean, I, but, it, I, but it sums up dog food, doesn't it? I mean, how, how many of us, hand on heart, can say when he hasn't been opening a tin of uh, cat or dog food at some point, at the end of the day, you have a, you sort of, it smells fantastic. It's I mean, good, this meaty, it's, it's exactly. like firm. That jelly as well. Well, I mean, I, 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 there are two types of people in the world, people who like jelly and people who don't. Yes. I like jelly yes. uh, in, in my meat. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it, to be honest with you, it's difficult to be friends with someone who doesn't like jelly. Yeah. But and of course, the, the great thing in the old pedigree chum adverts, when they, when they get it out of the can, oh, and it, it stays, the lines, and it's a shame, and it's the shape of the can, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's a, a meat blueprint of the can. Yeah, I mean, I think they call these aspects elsewhere or um, g- gelatinous, you know, things. I don't know, aspects. Let's go with aspects. Mm, but, aspects, yeah. Um, and aspects of love for me. Um, no, the, the, the pedigree charm aspects of that. I mean, I, I just, we've just been to the pub, um, which you may be able to tell from my presenting style all of a sudden. Um, you seem quite <laughs> relaxed, but do go on. I've had a pint, I just had a pint of pedigree, and I just worry that with, with pedigree dropping the yeah. chum, you know, the master's pedigree could be saying, well, there's a, there's a crossover here that doesn't Chum beer. Oh. But there's, um, I mean, that, again, well, now you mentioned that, that's a, that's a really strong image of the, the tin of chum, which basically looked like a, you know, an inverted tin made of meat. And Rachel White Reed, who I do, I mean, I do mm. esteem greatly, but come on, there were miles ahead of the curve. <laughs> they, they knew and what it, they were doing. Because it wasn't described as art. It was no. just like, this is what we do. If it's art, who's to say? I, did you, do you have dogs when you were kids? Uh, no, we had a cat. Okay. So, because this thing, I mean, we, we never had any pets, and I despise all animals anyway, as most people know me know. Um, but, you know, that when, when there's something that's being marketed constantly on television, mm. 
but not marketed at you. You still get this kind of ranking, this yes. pecking order. And Pedigree Chum, to me, until the likes of Mr. Dog came along, yeah. Pedigree Chum did seem to me the strong yeoman brand. Yes. But, you know, and Powell, Powell seemed a little bit... A bit of a revist, yeah. A bit, it, wasn't quite, it wasn't quite us. A bit yeah. like the Daz to the Purcell I suppose, of, of Pedigree Chum. I, I, and again, it's like gas or electric, isn't it? It's yeah. just like, you know... Um, you're right, actually. It does queer the pitch a bit when you meet someone and they're of a similar age to you, and it's like, oh, the pal adverts. Pal adverts, schmal adverts, they're yeah. rotten. Pal. I knew pal was they, around. But... And they were obviously influenced by chum and, yeah. you know, just... No, uh, they were the market leaders and they knew what they were doing. Yes, absolutely. Job. And um, I hadn't realised until you pointed that out, they had dropped the old C word. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. They've, they've got the rosette. Um, even yeah. though, of course, one, one wonders now with the... Uh, with Crufts being um, full of... Has it been outlawed yet? Well, it hasn't been outlawed yet, but there's... there's the, the, the BBC a matter one, of time. The BBC won't show it anymore. So, it, um, and, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just been condemned to some internet-only TV channel, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I'm all for it. I love, I love seeing dogs being, you know, preening and doing tricks. Yes, I wonder, yeah, certainly the jump... Whenever we went to a school fate, the, the yeah, local police dogs... The working would get dogs, their, yeah. Yeah, they're one outing to, every, every week to bite the arm of the police officer whose job it was to be the criminal that yes, week. Yes, to wear the, wear the big puppy <coughs> sleeve, yeah. Or, as I like to call it, the meat sleeve, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. Because <laughs> I don't think those dogs were that discriminating, you know. The, the chum cuff. Uh, yeah, did, did, did the do- could the dog smell the crime? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, just like was... <laughs> biting people on the arm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd only employ them in that it situation. It just takes one bad apple for a police dog <laughs> to ruin it, ruin Well, I think we don't see so many of them, certainly, so... <laughs> Uh, it was like police horses and crowns. I saw a couple of police horses the other day that were wandering through. And actually, they walked through a red light, the pair of them. Mind <laughs> oh. you, it. it was um, at the top of Bedette Road in, yeah. uh, near Vicky Park. And uh, yeah, walked straight through a red light. Yeah, They were waiting to turn right, and there's a box junction there. So when it went right, they just thought, well, here we go. What are you going to do, complain? We're not in Europe. I mean, yeah. you could do that in Europe, but anywhere but else. Also, and, and even surely as a child would say, what's the purpose of running through the East End on a pair of, you know, on a couple of horses? What are you going to do? I mean, as far as I can work out, the, the, the point of a police horse is to be standing there outside of Wembley when the yeah. crowds are going past and people feel a little bit better because there's a policeman on a horse. I was always mortified because I, 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 I'm by them. terrified of yeah. horses. They're huge. Yeah, and you never know what they're thinking. They're very, uh, they've got very sort of impassive faces. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I have had encounters with donkeys over the years, you know, insert own joke here, but no, it's true. But a donkey leaves you no doubt as to his mood. Yeah. If they, you know, you know, they're not the most expressive animals, but their body language conveys a lot. Horses, no chance. I had it to, might, it might kick your head clean off your shoulders for all you know. You think it's, you know, I'll give it a pat. I had to, um, I had to walk around some donkeys earlier this year as part of a uh, school fates job. Hmm. Um, were you judging? Were you? I, I'm, I'm the chair of the governors of the school, so of course uh, you are. You get the worst jobs in that situation. They like, they like to put you in. And there were two donkeys that had been brought up, and I got chatting to the uh, donkey wrangler, and he was saying to me. Um, yeah, we don't get so many of these that people think people think it's a bit cruel. And that big that big ring kind of going through its nose and outside, and the big red raw bits around its neck. I can see why they think it's cruel, but okay, let's let's keep going. I, th- I was <coughs> told they like it. Well, indeed, and that's that's what you had to. That's what he said. If the kids moan about it, just tell them they like it. And I mean, mm. I, I thought I'm, I'm old enough now. I can ask him, do they actually like it? Mm. But I didn't really want my illusions to be completely shattered. No, it would be particularly in the job, you know, your role on that particular day. Yeah, would be, it would be um, it would be awkward. Let's put it that way. And you know, I got introduced to the the donkey I was leading around, who was called uh, Blossom. Blossom. And um, I, I walked around a bit, and then I had to change over to the other donkey mm. without getting the name of that donkey. But when the kids said, the kids always wanted to know what the name of the donkey was. Mm. All donkeys are called Blossom, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was easy that way. And I think the kids in, enjoyed themselves. And they'll they'll remember that, and in twenty years' time they'll go. 
I can't believe we got on the back of a donkey. Mm. Those poor animals in servitude. Now we know they're as smart as we are. Just, just look, we've locked in syndrome. Yeah, it does seem to be the way the f- uh, fashion's going with it, but with animals, because I heard someone saying something similar about sheep. Apparently, sheep have a very, very hierarchical society. Mm. And uh, um, they've done tests with them, although they had you test a sheep, but they do um, with facial recognition and so on. And apparently, they're much brighter than we give them credit for. They don't, you know, just not sort of woolly chops waiting for the end. I mean, they actually do, you know, they do think a bit. I mean, I think the development of wool probably is quite smart because I mean with, with many of their other of, other yes. uh, domesticated animals they're just there for meats whereas if you're good at the wool yeah. you do stick around a bit longer obviously we might take some of your kids yeah. for eating but yeah so if only they weren't so delicious yes and they are delicious and, and I'm glad to see the mutton's coming back on the menu yes yeah which brings us which brings us to our final question mm. um, what has been lost um, from the world that if if was rediscovered or refound yes I think place? um for me, it's definitely memory. I think mm. modern consumer durables, digital technology generally, actually, is waging a war against memory, the ability to recall facts and figures. Yeah. Um, and people are just are complicit in this. We're just handing away this, this facet of our personality. Because when you think about it, we you know, what are we, if we don't, without memory? Just a bag of violent guts, really. I mean, just, you know, biology looking for an excuse for a punch-up. But surely the, the internet is a place for us to keep our memory. We can remember more things. Yes, but, I mean, it's, it's a bit like having, you know, sort of a multinational butler. You know, it's, yeah, all right, he looks quite benign. But, I mean, who knows what he's got in store for us? I just don't like the idea that maybe, you know, once everything's on Facebook or everything's there, and every, which is what they obviously want to do. Mm. They want us to put every memory we've ever had on there, yeah. and then somewhere about in about five years' time, they'll just put the Proustian button on, and it'll just go, okay. And now you press this button, and we will we will find one memory of your past, which we will now say is going to be the defining memory for you. Mm. Whenever you eat a Madeleine, not that I ever eat a Madeleine, mm. but whenever you um, the, the, the Proustian memory I got the other the other time was oh, I was in I was at a gig. Um, I was in a club and it was that smell of dry ice and sweat. Mm. But it was weird because it was the kind of it was the smell you don't normally get. In, you didn't get in venues when we were kids mm. because, of course, the overriding smell was was smoke, mm. was cigarette smoke. But suddenly, it's like when you take that away, there's this now just dry ice and sweat, and that's what gigs actually were to me and I could my my, my senses could take the smoke away from that. But I I mean, and I also think that. I mean, memory is a thing that needs to be practiced. It's like doing sit-ups or, it's, you know, it's like jogging or whatever. I mean, there, there seems to be this mistrust in this country. There's a mistrust in this country generally of sort of, you know, sort of abstract, rational, well, you know, sort of rationalist tradition thought where we tend to be quite pri- um, pragmatic, really. Um, and I, got, I get into this all the time with people saying, you know, you can practice your memory or you can use mnemonics and so on. And people look really, you know, they look askance at you like you're a maniac. You know, they're, they're convinced that you either have a memory or you don't. I think it's absolute nonsense. I, I mean, I was born with a reasonably good memory. But, you know, I play a musical instrument and musicians are taught from, you know, some, as, soon as, you know as soon as they can pick up an instrument. There's a lot of boring arcade yeah. stuff to learn here. You're going to need a few tricks. There's muscle memory and all that kind of stuff as well, but you've got to get that – you've got to just do it. It's, like a, it's like a motor skill, absolutely, <clears throat> yeah. And, um, you know, like, like I say, I mean, um, it's just like learning to – drive or anything you just need to i mean like as, i mean only to a certain degree i'm not talking about these you know these maniacs on a television who can recall like you know six million playing cards Mr. Murray, what are the 39 steps yeah. um but you know i mean remembering people's phone numbers remembering birthdays oh, and so I mean, on how many phone numbers do you do you know now i just make a point i, I can't remember a couple yeah I've got, i mean i've got my parents phone number when i was a kid yeah i remember the, i remember my home phone number yeah. when i was a child um my home phone number my mobile number yes 
Do I know anybody else's phone number? I know my wife's mobile number. I'm really lucky that I've got a very, very memorable mobile number. So there are, are a couple of people out there who actually know my mobile number because there is a, there is a nomic that you can work it out from. You know, right. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's, I'm not going to do it on the air because even though <laughs> no one listens to this, I still don't want them all ringing me up. But, um, yeah, I, 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 and I was a mathematician, so... I can see patterns in numbers, yes. you know, and so... And that's the and that's the way it works, actually, because I, I do something similar, because I've got one of these, uh, if you do any online banking, and mm. who doesn't these days, and I've got this excruciating string of numbers to remember in order to log into the website, and I did exactly the same thing. Yeah. I just wrote some rather tedious little um, prose poem which allowed me to remember it, which yeah. include the children's, I don't think, I've, you know, big security risk. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's a children's programme, a Saturday morning children's programme, which Sandy Totsvig used to uh, present years ago. Course, that's yes. the one. And um, that doesn't figure in mine and Monica at all. No, but it's course. just illustrative, you know, yes, if, but it could of what do. one could do. If it was, you know, if it was 42, 73, then there's yeah. easy ways to remember those those numbers. The, yeah, I mean, the, the idea that, I mean, it was interesting, the, the economic thing today, because we have had this conversation today and someone said um, uh, at school they had one to remember the uh, seven features of life you know in biology i gave up biology at a young age mm, started yeah. collecting for uh, for girls basically yes. but um the, and he he said that the kids these days they they use mrs gren mrs gren this is mrs gren Shitting is one of them. Uh, respiration is another one. Right. Um, and the other ones. I'm, and, trying, to, I'm trying to fill in the gaps now. Yeah, they had they had a expiration, or is it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think S is shitting. Uh, I think that I think that might be excretion. That's the E. Okay. Yeah. So we still got a gap on S though. Yeah. Sweating. Uh, sweating. Yeah, maybe uh, saliva. Mictru- are they chronological then? No, I don't think so. I mean, they're oh, just yeah, micturation. Master- yeah. Anyway, so um, <laughs> all, the, all the major but, hobby groups there. But I mean, and he, the, my, my my friend was raining against this and sort of saying that's not Mrs. Gren. Gren is not a surname, so this is not in any way yeah. which makes it memorable, I guess. I suppose, yeah. It's a bit rubbish. Well, it's it's a, I, I think with memory stuff, I wouldn't be too judgmental. I think the ends justify the means. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. as long as you're not, you know, sort of strangling, you know, sort of... Uh, I, I don't know children or whatever. Just yeah. to remember stuff. I mean, as as as, as proven there though, um, you can easily get get confused between excretion and shitting. Yes. So I I, I, don't, I think they've got to go back to the drawing board with that one. Although on the GCSE, I think you probably get a point. Yeah, these days. Yeah. Uh, we worked in. You, we used to work in exam board. We knew we knew how lenient they could be in places. Yes. And frankly, as long as you're not not proving that they've done anything wrong, they didn't care. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the bit they didn't like. Um, do you think there is any hope for the memory? Um, I mean, do you, do you do you go to a pub quiz? When you go to a pub quiz, do you look at people and go, "Are you are you suspecting everyone who goes to the toilets?" Oh, uh, everyone cheats! Everyone cheats! I mean, I, I stopped I doing pub quizzes. And I, I mean, don't cheat. I go to quite a lot. I yeah, don't but cheat. it just it just eats you alive <laughs> with the notion that they could be. And um, I mean, it does it does it has changed the. And I used to I used to run a quiz here. Um, and it does change the art of writing questions. Yes. You don't ask for facts well, now. You as, ask for... Well, as you would know, the, the joy of a good um, pub quiz question is one that one can try and work out yeah. with a reasonable amount of general knowledge from first. But you can, yeah. okay, you can have an educated guess at that. Yeah. That's the joy of it. I don't actually know this, but between us, I think we've probably yeah. nailed it. Yeah, you know, that, that kind of who won, who won the Best Actress Oscar in 1967? Well, Elizabeth Taylor got a few, and and she was active around there. Yeah, and and name, name a few films. And then you're and narrowing it down. And you go, oh, it was, you know, when was Bonnie and Clyde? No, that was a bit later. Yeah, and so yeah, oh. so, which you know, contrary to popular belief, is not something that just middle-aged obsessive men do. It's actually a skill. Yes. You know, it, you're using your mind in a in a creative way. And I know some, I know some women who are fantastic at it as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yes, but I mean, it just seems to. Um, so. <sighs> 
you know, I'm not hopeful. I think, I, you know, there is. I think I'm sort of trying to turn the tide here because it seems like every object, every, every object that ever gets brought to the marketplace these days is there to try and supplant some aspects of your memory mm. that used to take on that role. But is it not freeing up our minds to do other better stuff? It doesn't stuff? appear to be, does no, it? No, I, I think, mean, if films, I think you're if right, films and right. books were getting better yeah. and, you know, we had found common cause between warring factions all over the world, then... You know, I'd, I'd be fine. I go. I'll try and remember stuff. The rest of you, you're doing an aces job, and you just carry on. Not actually like that, is it? Well, so far, so bad. Oh well. Um, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I think we've, uh, I think we've exhausted everything and the fire. Of course, we are, we are, we are broadcasting from a burnt down studio. There's nothing left, yes. apart from the crinkling wreckage, which so. I think added to the atmosphere. Somewhat. I think so too, and I think uh, the seamless parts of it, you will not be able to tell the difference between pre-pint and post-pint. No, at all. Um, I'm going to go for one last track here. Which which one would you like to hear? Uh, let's just pick up the old album here and um, uh, let's go for Black Cow, the first track. Black Cow, it's about four and a half minutes long. Um, we might get it or we might not. And I might even put it on from a CD, but these, it's, it's very nice to hear these, uh, these, these little crinkles and crackles of a record. So you'll hear something that you would never have heard on radio back in, you know, Jimmy Young would never have done this in the 70s. No. I.e., place the needle on the record whilst it was live. But isn't that a lovely sound? Looking so outraged, and they tell you so. 